It seems like we've seen the maze every single time we have an episode. <laughs> oh my God, we're back! Someone's allowed us to get back in this studio, and it's like, Christ. Truth be told, it's, it, it's kind of like being allowed to use sharp things. I'm actually surprised every time. I'm it not allowed to use sharp things. Yeah. I, don't I don't know how that feels. Oh well, you know, like I, do you know when I started my apprenticeship, I actually got home like I think it was week two, and I had a band aid on every finger. Like, not just the ones that... They should have fired you then, frankly. The, not, not the ones that didn't hold the knife. Even the ones that held the knife, they were Band-Aids on that fingers too. How is that too. possible? I have no idea. How can holding... Like, if you're holding a vegetable, I get it. I'm, you can cut your fingers. If you're holding a knife, how do you cut yourself with a knife? I'm as bemused as you, That's Nick. That's a shocker. I know. I don't know Look, how you made it in this it, career. It, it, well, some would argue I didn't. Um... <laughs> <laughs> But, um, look, it, it actually prompted my mother to ask me at the time, are you sure this is where you want to be working and what you want to be doing with yeah. your life? Cause I'm not surprised. You, you, you seem to be just harming yourself yeah. a lot. It, yes. Yeah. Losing yeah. a lot of blood. Losing a, a lot of blood um, and hopefully not over anybody's food. You can't promise that, though, can you? No, you can't. Yes, I can. It was a long time ago. You know you bled into someone's food. No, I didn't bleed into yeah, did. anybody's food. No. Don't lie. No, th- no, it's fine. You can say you didn't, but we know you did. Mm, that's anyway, true. how have you been, sir? Are you good? I've been well. I've been very well. I'm very excited about what we're drinking tonight. I know you are. I know. I, I even messaged you. I opened it. I had a taste and then went. the first thing I had to do was contact you and go, have you, you tried it yet? I hadn't had it at that point. So, no. yeah, no, you you were going off on one. You were it was it. really, it surprised me. Look, I, I didn't really know a lot about Bellycroft before you told me that no, they have been confirmed as a guest. Yeah. I was really excited that we actually got them on board because of the whole permaculture side of things, which I will be fascinated to talk to them about. Um, I'm not too sure how much time we'll get to spend on that because there is a lot to get through. There always is. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, and the good thing is this is not the only wine that they make, so if we do need to get them back, we can. But, Nick, tell me, how did you come across Ballycroft anyway? These guys came through you. They did. Now, was, this was one of the ones that you just you looked them up and went, wow, they look fascinating. I looked at, their, we- I looked at their website. I mean, this is the way you do things nowadays. Mm-hmm. I looked at their mm-hmm. website. I looked at the way that they um, they made their wine. It's all, a, it's, all a, it's all about sustainability and mm-hmm. things like that. And I mm-hmm. thought, you know, these are the guys that we we need to get on this, uh, this podcast. Absolutely. They look good. I mean, they look good. And... You know, we've had their wine now. We know that their mm. wine is good. So, I mean, what are you get? What are you getting from the wine on the on the nose on the palate? Well, look, it's one of those ones. I and um, and I said it to you at the time as well. I opened the bottle. I had a glass. Mm. I poured another glass, and then I went and cooked dinner, and I didn't come <laughs> back to that glass until yeah. after dinner was ready, and I was drinking a different wine. Yeah, absolutely. Completely. The first thing that I took, the first thing I got straight off the nose was vanilla, but as soon as, but that was that was just straight bouquet. There was very very little of that actually on the palate on first taste. Bearing in mind that the wine hadn't opened up at all. Mm. When I was having my dinner, which confession time was butter chicken, and it mm-hmm. was delicious. Um, it actually worked really well. Just the subtleness of the spice, the garam masala, the cumin, the coriander, these sorts of things, even the tomato worked really, really well with the Shiraz. Not normally what you would serve with a Shiraz, but this no. is not a normal Shiraz either, is it, Nick? No, I mean, on the, see, when I, on the nose, I was getting, so I poured it uh, 
couple of nights ago, the first time I had it, mm-hmm. and I left it for about half an hour before mm-hmm. I even mm-hmm. went anywhere near it. Um, and I was just getting berries on the nose. I was yep. getting blueberries and black currants, blackberries as well. Mm-hmm. And then this weird smell, which I couldn't quite work out what it was, but I worked out it was like a like a cigar box. Okay. So my granddad used to smoke these little roll up cigars. Cigarellos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it, t- it's, it was a smell of that. I was like, what? Just, on just earth? That, that rich tobacco sort yeah, of smell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so it's got quite a high um, alcohol content. But I didn't really taste that. I didn't really get that on the palate when I was drinking it. After you're it right, because it's, it's, it's what, a 15.6? Yeah. 15, yeah. Yes, which, which is which quite, is quite boozy, but you're right. It doesn't taste like a boozy, heavy Shiraz. No. I mean, I've tasted Shirazes before where once you've drunk it, your palate's gone. Like, yeah. you, there's no point trying to pair any food with it. There's no point doing trying to do anything like yeah. that with it because the flavour is just that big and that bold. That's not the case here. That's not the case here. This one is, a, it, I think the best word to describe it is balanced. It's yeah. beautifully balanced. It's quite full-bodied yeah. and it's quite fruity, but it is really well-balanced. It's really, it's just, it, it's a beautiful one. It's a beautiful one. And on yeah. the, see, on the on the palate, I'm getting the, those blueberries that were on the nose at the same time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A bit of black cherry and also like a, um, Chocolate, but not like a dark. Not like a dark chocolate. chocolate not, not like, like a bitter chocolate. chocolate. Milk chocolate. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm getting on the palate. Well, it's, it's funny it's just, when you say it's lovely. That that chocolate and the vanilla to me, it it's like it like eating a Magnum, but like of red eating wine. a Magnum. Like eating a Magnum. You know the Magnum ice cream. Yeah. You know the chocolate, the vanilla. Um, if I pour berry coolie over the top of that, it may as well be this without the booze. Um, but uh, I quite like that idea. Yeah. Yeah, I quite like that. Yeah. You said that, and I've just had another sip of wine. Yeah, and it works, doesn't it? It does work. Yeah. yeah. But as far as the food pairing goes, what would you? What do you reckon you would have actually put with this, being that it is such a balanced Shiraz, and so realistically, you could put it with anything, and it's going to yeah, be theoretically. good. Theoretically. I'm going to go, um, I'm not going to be controversial, I'm going to say steak. Steak. However, mm-hmm. a steak with plenty of marbling, mm-hmm. a good steak, ribeye, mm-hmm. yep. possibly, yeah, cooked really well. Yeah, just I don't know. I, I just have I drink this wine and I think steak, mm-hmm. and I know steak and shirts. That's not a mind bending kind of pairing. No. It's fairly obvious. But then I was thinking something like a steak and kidney pie, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like an old fashioned steak like, and kidney pie yep. might work quite with nicely the, with, the, with the suet pastry. Yeah, Ooh, like suet that. pastry, not like suet. A, not a steak and kidney pudding. No, that might be a step too far. But a pie. Mm. With with suet crust, mm. I think that would work really, really Absolutely. well with this. Absolutely, really tasty. What with about a horseradish you? mash. If you maybe, I haven't thought about that. Be some, good. Some, some green beans. Mm. Well, yeah. Just and th- if you don't have veg, you get in trouble, Nick. Well, don't you understand? If you ha- you can have a pie and mash. You've you you got to have greens. you have some greens. Otherwise, some greens. you get in trouble, right? You've got to keep it real. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. What about you? What do you think? Well, look, I, I agree with you. I think that the beef is absolutely the way to go with this. I mean, I, I had it with butter chicken and it worked, which mm. surprised me. Yeah. Um, but I think it was the spice that carried it. Um, it wasn't necessarily the, the flavor of the meat, but definitely the spice in the, the sauce that absolutely carried the, the complementary and contrasting flavors okay. through the wine. I think you're right. The less you do with it, the better. A really good prime cut yeah. of either sirloin or ribeye mm. or even a very well-marbled eye fillet, but yeah. it'd have to be super well-marbled. Uh, I'm not sure th- about fillet, but I, yeah. I, I think you need the fat content of the yeah, beef, just that little so. bit of fat to kind of just smooth over your palate a little. Yeah, I agree Would with you. work brilliantly. Um, 
for mine, I'd probably do it. One of the things that I absolutely love serving with steak and red wine is Dauphinois potatoes, mm. which, you know, the the old in, – in Australia, we call it the potato gratin, um, which really is kind of like if um, potato Dauphinois is a Rolls Royce, then potato gratin is a Toyota Corolla. Okay. Um, and realistically, the potato Dauphinois done properly with the infused flavoured cream of the thyme and the garlic and all of these things – would just bring a buttery richness to the dish mm. that you put with the steak. I like that. Idea. That would actually create the bridge between because this is quite a like. There's nothing small about this wine. No, it's big acid, big fruit, mm-hmm. big big tannin. There's everything about it is big. So what you need to put with it is not necessarily something that's going to be equally as big, but something that can take something big and make it look like it belongs there. Mm. Um, so it doesn't need to be competing with it. A Dauphinoise potato would create that bridge beautifully, mm. in my humble opinion. It's not humble. I think it's really good. <laughs> I think that was a really good idea. <laughs> yeah, cool. I was just saying, a steak with Shiraz. Steak and you're with going, Shiraz. Actually, mm. Dauphinoise potatoes. Yeah. I think absolutely you've hit, it, hit the nail on the head there. Mm. Now, I'd, I'd love to see what Joe has to say about that as well. Um, he's a bit of a character, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to having a good chat with him about not only all... The other thing as well, the American oak. Yeah, he, 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 it's it's part of the identity of this wine, and I really want to know what's so important. Well, because he that. makes another one with French oak. So I know, it's very I know. much. They're, they're very different wines. They're very different wines, point. but what's what what the difference is in those wines and why? I'm sure that the differences won't be that subtle. I'm pretty sure they'll be fairly large, but. Yeah. Um, I'm fascinated to understand his intention behind them. Okay. So, look, should we get Joe in the studio and um, and see what he's got to say about this? Sounds because like a plan. I otherwise I'm going to drink this entire bottle. Yes. Okay. Cool. Let's get that done. Well, it's episode three of Who Nicked My Wine for series two, and we are here with Joe Evans from Ballycroft Vineyard in the Barossa Valley. We're tasting the 2017 Smallberry Shiraz. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for joining us. Oh, welcome, and um, and thank you for inviting me. And uh, and uh, uh, be hello to you, Nick and Nicholas, and to all you lovely, wonderful wine people out there in wine world, a big hello to all of you folks listening in. I love the way you did that, Nick and Nicholas. It makes which us, one's which? Well, yeah. who's makes, who's Nicholas? Nicholas is just here, and oh, the older Nick one. is right there. Yeah. Oh, I'm, Nick. I'm in trouble. Yeah, it does make you in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> My mum called me Nicholas. I knew I was in trouble. Uh, so. yeah. <laughs> yep. Fair oh, that, enough. That's so I don't um, mix you up. No, yeah. that's fair enough. Fair enough. Just say Nick, I and mean, we just we'll, yeah, we'll both respond. Yeah, yeah. We actually try and call Tim Nick all the time, but he won't let us. He won't yeah. Let us yeah. Never mind. Now, Joe, we're tasting the 2017 Smallberry Shiraz. Can you tell us a little bit about the wine straight off the bat? Um, what is it that we're drinking? Oh well, uh, it's 2017 Smallberry Shiraz American Oak. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'd say straight off the bat, you're tasting big blackberry conserve fruit. Yes. Yep. Yes. And uh, and dominating. And in in the background, you've got a bit of vin- vanilla pod because mm-hmm. this particular wine is the 2017 American Oak Shiraz, mm-hmm. where I do have its sister wine, the French Oak Shiraz, mm-hmm. for 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 those other folks out there that um, this American Oak is a little bit too big for them, mm-hmm. and they don't have the patience and time. To put it away. Yep. So the French oak is a lot more approachable. They can drink it younger. Okay. And um, 
and and a little little bit less powerful. So 2017 Shiraz, uh, does that mean it's spent longer in the barrel before release or you've held on to it for a little while? Or No, generally um, I, uh, I like to leave and mature my um, wines in older shaved out oak. Yep not new oak um, for 18 months. Mm -hmm. This wine has been in shaved, dried American oak AP John barrels for Mm -hmm. 28 months. Wow. That's a really long time. Which is a really long time. But I'm getting the same amount of oak tannin Mm -hmm. as if it was in uh, new oak for 18 months. Yeah, okay. But it doesn't come with the sappiness. Yep. And and the big thing I don't like about new oak is the toast. Mm -hmm. Light toast, medium toast, Mm -hmm. heavy toast. I cannot stand charcoal in my wine. Fair enough. I like to make fruit-driven wines, yep. and that's and that's what we've got. And it definitely is. You can taste it. The so, fruit is all over it. Yeah, I mean, it's called small berry. Does that refer to the fact there's only two and a half tons of grapes uh, uh, used the, for the, this wine? The, the small berry refers to, um, uh, I named this wine, the first time year I made this was in 2005 from mm-hmm. my own vineyard, mm-hmm. um, and I was able to, uh, to get, um, about one ton of my own fruit because the rest of the fruit on my property was contracted to Rockford Wines, okay. and I wanted to make my own wine for my own 40th birthday, which was going to be in 2006. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I do everything in the vineyard to grow the smallest berries I can. Firstly, I took the cuttings. Well, I should say my wife and I took the cuttings uh, for this vineyard. Um, in 1997, the day we purchased the property, that night we went out and took the cuttings. Mm-hmm. And I took the cuttings from an old vineyard planted in 1918 out oh, the back okay. of Granock. Mm-hmm. Um, because in 1997, I was vineyard manager for Rockford Wines. Mm-hmm. I did vintage there in the year before in 96. And back then, you were picking fruit from about 35 different really old vineyards, all different parts of the Barossa. Yep. And... There at Rockford's, they make each individual wine separately, goes into oak separately. Then you get to taste that wine separately. And I chose what I thought the best Shiraz was. Then I rod and spur prune my vineyard. I don't spur prune it and I dry grow it, meaning I don't irrigate it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, this wine uh, had, hadn't had water on it in, I would say, 12 years. Wow. 12 years? 12 years. Um, wow. And 17 was a wetter vintage, so we picked yep. about 1.2 tonne to the acre, mm-hmm. which is pretty low anyway yeah. for Brosser standards. Mm-hmm. The year before, the 2016 of this wine was only 340 kilos to the acre. Because yeah. I'm growing wine, I'm not growing grapes to sell. Yeah, That's okay. the difference. That makes a big difference, yeah. yeah. 12 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a long time. Yeah. Wow, that's impressive. I was going to talk about that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was going to say dry growing vines, that means no watering at all. You don't water it at all. If there's rain, there's rain, but you don't water it. Um, up until, I would say, this year. Okay. Yeah, or, or I'd say 2019. So yep. why, why is that? Because we've had two winters of only 300 mil of rain mm. yep. and absolutely severe f- five days of 40 degrees yep. and then a couple of nice cool days at only 38 degrees mm-hmm. and then another five <laughs> days at 44 degrees yeah. and I lost quite a few vines the year before okay. we only we picked less than 200 kilos the acre last year but we was at the top of my block in the rocks was starting to lose a few vines mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. Uh, basically I, I only watered a small amount and I watered when it rained and I replaced the rainfall it should have had. Oh, okay. So okay. I didn't overwater it. And this year, we're only going to, we'll 
we're only going to pick 500 kilos this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, how does, it, how does this abstinence from water kind of affect the, the grapes and thus the wine? Uh, well, it purely makes smaller berries, it makes smaller bunches, smaller berries. So therefore there's um, less juice to skin ratio. Mm-hmm. As you gentlemen know, and all those folks out there in yep. the wine world know that red wine gets all its flavour, all its colour, all its phenolics, all its t- tannin mm-hmm. is from the skin of the grapes. Yeah. Yes. So um, uh, if you've got less juice to skin ratio, then naturally and with ease of fermenting mm-hmm. your wine, you'll have more colour, more flavour and more tannin. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As in, this wine, it, was, it wasn't picked late. It was picked on the 11th of March. Wow. And, and, uh, <laughs> um, and I'll we'll let listeners know now that this wine is 15.6% alcohol. Yeah, it's yeah. quite high in alcohol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, you say high, but for me, that's actually about mediocre for me. On, on point for a Shiraz. Yeah, on, yeah. on point for, for Granuk Shiraz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last six years, I've picked my Shiraz on Valentine's Day, yeah. 14th of February. Yep. At similar Beaumets, 15 and a half, mm-hmm. because that's when my grapes are flavour ripe. Yep. If I picked them at 14 Beaumet to make a wine at 14%, mm-hmm. it would be... Undercooked. They, they, they are they're not, they're green. Yep. They have no flavour. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, uh, I'm picking these grapes at flavour ripeness yeah. because I want them to be at their peak. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it may be 15.6, is it? Percent alcohol, but it doesn't... It doesn't, it doesn't taste pu- like a boozy Shiraz. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't no. punch you in the mouth because, in an unpleasant way. Because you've got big fruit. Mm-hmm. You've got big, big oak. Fruit, big oak and but great tannins. that is soft. Yeah. And then you've yeah. got um, big acid. And you put all those things together, you have balance. Yep. Yeah. 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 It's no, a fantastic wine. I know that Nick agrees. We both really like this if, wine. Yeah. It, um, it is beautiful. I wine. think I think I actually sent you a message within 15 minutes of tasting my second glass of it going, have you tried the Ballycroft yet? Because, my God, it really was spectacular. Yeah. Um, as far as food pairing goes, um, because it's something that a lot of our listeners go into as far as a deep dive, um, with this I would actually head away from your stronger flavoured meats like your lambs and your kangaroos and your venisons. I'd actually go almost to, believe it or not, roast beef. Just a good old-fashioned roast beef with horseradish would bring this, would would be a perfect gift for this. Mm. That, or believe it or not, even going into like a mushroom and truffle pasta. Just a straight-up mushrooms, truffles, a little bit of maybe even the slightest hint of blue cheese. Um, but those things with this, um, I know there's somebody in the engineering room that thinks that that's a fantastic combination, don't they, Karen? Yes, but um, no, mushrooms, blue cheese, truffles with this, I think, would be a spectacular combination. Uh, what we, do you think, Joe? Well, we only released this wine on um, Thursday. Mm-hmm. and Wow. And I, well, we're, we're uh, getting in early. Yeah. Uh, and I only wrote the tasting notes for this wine on Thursday. Wow, okay. And uh, at, on food pairing, at the bottom of my notes, I wrote, the best steak you can buy. Yep. Not the best steak you can afford, mm-hmm. because you might not be able to afford a very good steak. Mm-hmm. I'm talking, <laughs> when you go to the butcher, you say, the best steak you can buy. Save up for it if you have yeah, to. and save up. Yep. Yep. Yeah, um, absolutely. I'm talking that something's been put yep. away. Um Having spent a couple of years in the USA, mm-hmm. I would also say buffalo. Yeah, okay. Not an not an old buffalo. No, no. I'm no. talking, um, and not a young calf. Mm-hmm. I'm talking a yearling, you yep, know, two-year-old buffalo yep. that's been hung a little bit, mm-hmm. and that meat 
with this would mm-hmm. be absolutely mm-hmm. sensational. But there's not a lot of buffalo, I believe. Um, not on the Australian well, market. See, I, I, I used to live in Edinburgh in Scotland, and they, um, there's a big uh, herd of buffalo up in the Highlands. And so I used to go to Edinburgh Farmer's Market uh, most Saturdays, and they had a whole uh, buffalo burger kind of stall and, and, and lots of other buffalo cuts of meat. Mm. And having eaten that and drunk this wine, I said, absolutely, that would be absolutely perfect. Yeah, yeah, have a big Barossa Bellycroft red with bison. With bison. bison. Yeah, that's yeah. where Bloody I was. Bloody oath. Yeah. Lots of yeah. good alliteration there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as you'll find on my um, back of my wine label, it is mm-hmm. covered with alliteration. Excellent. <laughs> we like a bit of alliteration. We do. On this we podcast. Um, so you like big chunky reds. I, read, I was on your website. Yes, without Can't question. Deny but, it. but I would say that's because of my my wine heritage of sure. of where I've worked. Yeah, yeah. And they're not necessarily cool anymore. I mean, I'm with you. I love a big Shiraz that kind of smacks you around the chops. But a lot of wineries aren't making them in the. I mean, ten years ago, ten twelve years ago, when I first came to South Australia and went to the wineries, the big Barossa Shirazes was it was it was the big thing. They were everywhere. They were everywhere, and it's it's I. I guess everything goes in and out of fashion, and fashion is kind of a, a slightly odd thing. Mm. But what do you think about the fact that a lot of wineries aren't making these kind of big Shirazes anymore? Yeah, um, I would say for me that's fantastic because <laughs> I'm now uh, I'm now uh, unique. You've got and, no competition, and I haven't wavered. Um, I haven't done a vintage in France, so I don't make a lighter style red. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I like big Californian Zinfandels as well. Yep. So um, and. Uh, you're right. 20 years ago, I mean, this is the kind of Shiraz that I fell in love with in 1992. Mm. Yep. All the Brossa Shiraz, they were this big. They were 15 and a half. And I would say 20 years ago, they changed and were starting to make a lighter style. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and I think it's on its way back. And the last, in the last 12 months, yeah, yeah, it, it could, yeah this style it's is coming back. It's coming back. And um, it didn't go away for that long then. And yeah. That's good. Yeah, which is which concerned. is good, and um, <laughs> but then as the younger generation, uh, a lot of people are making wines for them to be drunk now. Absolutely, they don't yeah. have the uh, like this has a pH of three point four three. It has um, that's got a lot of acid in it mm-hmm. because when I went to um, Roseworthy, that's that's how you were taught to make wine. You were taught to make wine that lasted for ten years minimum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so So now as far as cellaring goes for this, it's um it's a Stelvin cap. Now we have learned that realistically there isn't a huge amount of difference between cellaring with Stelvin and cellaring with a cork. There's a little bit of porousness, but realistically, um the cellaring potential of this wine you say is fantastic. What would be your ideal cellaring time and when do you think it's at its absolute best? I would say between twelve and fifteen years okay. going on previous um vintages yep. of the wines that I've I've, I've already made. Uh, with this one, cellar temperature around the 13, 14 degrees. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, of anything from fourteen to sixteen. Okay, as long as the temperature is consistent, consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that you don't have any diurnal change. Yeah, but uh, it, it could be consistent at seventeen. It can be consistent at thirteen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. To clarify, though, I mean, it's great straight out the bottle. It's lovely to drink you now. Give it, a, give it a. You know, you've you say you've t- you took this out of the bottle two days ago, or you mm-hmm. correct decanted it two days ago. It's absolutely beautiful. That's it. I, I, I shudder to think what this will taste like in fifteen years. I look forward to it. Or whether I'd be able to be patient enough to wait that long. I don't know. No. <laughs> <Show> <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not sure. I've uh, got, actually, I don't know that I've got a space at home that will hold that temperature consistently. No, I don't know. Do that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's why, yeah. if you know, if you were going to have it um, 
with only your best friends because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's the kind of wine you you keep with for mm-hmm. only your best friends yeah. and uh, not your in-laws but that's mm-hmm. a personal opinion <laughs> <laughs> no knowing my in-laws with, yeah. i would cons- i would say absolutely yeah. yep and uh, uh i'm keeping quiet though. yeah well you you double decant it you know at least 2 hours before serving it and you put it into some really nice big glasses and swirl it around a lot and mm-hmm. um, make a show of it and it's beautiful and then beautiful stuff. and then drink another shiraz or or a or a, or a Montepulciano or or Just a lovely Mataro. This is still opening up. Yeah, yep. And um, uh, this is the main course. And this is the yep. main course. Yeah, and right. and it, by it, then it'll be, it's done ten years of aging in about um, ten minutes. And it, and it really is a main event wine. You can taste that in in its structure. I mean, it is absolutely balanced. But you're right. Everything about it is big. There's there's no there's kind of no followers. They're all leaders as far as every single part of the flavour profile a nice goes. Way of putting it. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Well, thank you very much. We've got a last little element to the interview where we've decided this season to mix things up a little bit and we've got a, a quick fire round of questions. Strap yourself in, Joe. Strap yourself in. Yeah. About 30 seconds, a minute maximum, 12 questions. We Don't do think question about it. No you're you're going to know the answer as soon as I say the question. So and, we're just going to go through and, them. And, and before we start, I should tell the listeners um, uh, these two young Nicks have uh, polished off all the wine and um, and, and we, we we, we, we're going to have to find another bottle. Well, we have actually finished that we've got. Yeah. It just so happens that we abs- absolutely have another bottle. We have another bottle. Open in the foyer. So uh, we're more than, more than prepared awesome. for that. Thank goodness. That's good news. I was, that, that, I was otherwise, we were second. going to have a Shiraz emergency. We were, go- <laughs> we were going to be thirsty. Okay, you ready? I'm ready, ready, Joe? Yeah. Red or white? Red. Australian or French? Australian. McLaren Vela Brossa. Brossa. Dessert wine or dessert? Dessert. Ooh. Caps. Corks or caps? Caps. Aperitif or digestif? Oh, aperitif. Beer or spirits? Beer. Favourite varietal? Of beer? No, of wine. Of wine. Oh, Shiraz. Okay. Least favourite? Least favourite? Oh, I don't really have one. If there is one. Not mm. really. Not really? That's no. a that's a perfectly legitimate answer. Yep. One thing you love about your job? Uh, waking up to the best person. Uh, that's your life. That's yeah, the best thing uh, about your yeah, life. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's the same uh, thing. As in, my work is my life. Yeah. yeah. There you go. There you go. That's a nice answer. One thing you would change about the wine industry? One thing I would change about the wine industry, I would uh, uh, get rid of the wet tax and make it all affordable, more affordable for all those people out there um, well and get rid of that 41.7% tax on wine. Thank well you said. very much. Final question, bucket list wine. One wine you could have? Oh, um, it would have to be um, a Grand Cru... Uh, um, oh, uh, a champagne, I would say, um, Winston Churchill, um, a particular vintage 96, I think. Okay. Here you go. Fascinating. Awesome. That's a good answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, that, I'm going to go, I've got to Google that and find out yeah. where where and how and how much because something tells the me how that's much, the how really, much will be prohibitive. really expensive. It's not going to happen. So. Yeah. Anyway. Thank you very much, Joe. That was, thank you, thank Joe, you for your answers. Thank you so much for your time tonight. We have absolutely loved the American Oak 2017 Smallberry Shiraz, as our empty glasses will testify. Um, we would love to get you back. We There is a lot more questions we'd love to ask you about um, permaculture and the style of 
grape growing and agriculture that you actually put yep. into the winemaking and, uh, and maybe our, how we uh, we soon will be running our little um, 12-tonne winery because I'm mm-hmm. a pretty small winemaker and we'll be powering it with our Nissan Leaf electric car at that. night time. Powering it with a car? Yes. So with an electric car? Yeah. So we we drove down here from the Brossa in, mm-hmm. um, and it didn't uh, – we didn't – use any CO2 or any carbon emissions. So that means you're going to be building a carbon neutral winery? Well, it is already. Already carbon neutral. Carbon oh, neutral already because we produce so much uh, solar yeah. um, that it easily makes it carbon neutral. But um, by next vintage, we'll be using the 40 kilowatt battery of the car to run mm. the house and the winery at night time and we only charge the car up during the day. Wow, eh? that's fantastic! Yep. And you, will you be charging it off solar from the off solar, which we do at the moment? So completely off grid, completely off grid. That's fantastic. wonderful stuff. Absolutely brilliant. That's wonderful. This is future proofing at its absolute best. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And I've got a Montepulciano because uh, I've listened to one of one of your other shows. And you, yes, we you, have Matt, Matt from um, from Smidge with his Montepulciano, without, without question. And uh, and I make a slightly different style. I make a Ceruso style, mm-hmm. which um, I think you'd both be very interested in. It's fantastic. a little bit of a lighter style. We'll have you back, Excellent. talk about that. That would be wonderful. Well, Series 3, we've got something to look forward to. Yeah, indeed. Fantastic. Again, Joe, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Brilliant. Cheers. Who Nicked My Wine was brought to you by the Second Street Chili Company and N Plus One and Associates with theme music courtesy of Hannah Fairlam. Special thanks must go to the Doctor of the Dials, the Master of Bass, the Fifth Beatle himself. We'd call him Nick too if he'd let us. That's Tim Allen in the booth for Podcast Central. Our guest tonight was Joe Evans from Ballycroft Wines and that's Smallberry for Shiraz, Nick. My goodness gracious. The beautiful stuff. Really good. I, I was absolutely fascinated with what we had to talk about with the permaculture side of things yeah. as well. A really... On the front foot with what they're doing yeah. at Ballycroft. Very, very happy. Now, as far as socials go, Nick, fill us in. Yeah, well, we're on uh, Instagram and Facebook as Who Nick My Wine, all one word. Uh, we've got loads of followers on Instagram and Facebook. Yay. Relative mm-hmm. for, you know, a small podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a Gmail account, which is whonickmywine at gmail.com. If you send us any questions or questions for, for wineries, we will answer them in an upcoming episode. And it will really, really help us reach new listeners if you rate us on Google and Apple. Mm-hmm. That would be wonderful if you could do that. That would be brilliant. Now, from all of us here at Podcast Central and Who Nick My Wine, we do urge you to drink responsibly. And until we're back in a couple of weeks' time, happy drinking. Mm-hmm.